0: This American Monster, a Monster of the Week actual play from This American Dice. Last time on This American Monster. Our heroes have discovered that indeed they are dealing with a witch, or more specifically, the ghost of a vengeful witch. They have enlisted the help of Cody Brinza, a friend of Lauren Wall's. But will our heroes be able to protect these last remaining college students, or shall they too be put in danger, or even be killed?
1: It talks about Alan Graves. It says Alan Graves was born something like uh, 20 or 22 years ago at the... Um, Palmetto City General Hospital. Um, his parents. Uh, his parents were these people that lived at uh, Magnolia Place Mansion. Um, that it burned down. They were killed in that fire. He was raised at the Thaddeus Camacho Foster uh, Foster Home Center or Group Home. So that's the info that you get. So you get essentially that he's essentially like twenty years old. That he um, was born at that general, that the Palmetto City General Hospital. That his parents uh, died in a fire. That they had lived at the Magnolia Magnolia Place Mansion, um, and that he grew up. Uh, and they, and when that mansion burned down, uh, essentially was like 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 around the same time he was born, and then like essentially all his uh, all his formative years were spent at this foster group home.
2: So, died in a fire. Was it arson?
1: Um, hmm. I think you guys, because of that role, you can easily pull up some like newspaper reports that um, bring up that other people were there as well. <laughs> Like, uh, that some kind of, uh, club meeting or party or something was going on when, uh, this, when this fire, uh, occurred. And it says, and it basically says, like, everyone present died in the fire. Suspicious. And then, uh, I think it's, I, I think there's like a story that's like, um, uh, Ted Ted, and Deborah Graves were, are, their names are not important, are survived by their son, uh, survived by their son, Alan.
2: So I feel like the most useful thing for us to do would be to figure out where he could have picked up um, dark arts, right? So he was raised in a group home. I mean, that seems like a pretty communal place. I don't know how he could have. I mean, any, any theories here, you guys?
1: If you look that group home up, it is still in operation.
2: Well, 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 well. So,
3: the, that yeah. sounds like a really dumb place to look. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Blade, tell us what should we do next? Okay, so I looked up. Um, so I, I looked up the city center um, and the distance that that uh, nursing facility is from the city center. And I found the place that if you do the uh, same subtraction uh, from the radius and put it in the exact opposite longitudinal direction, that Mm -hmm. leads to the dumpster behind a Wendy's. And I think that's where we should go next. You heard it. Lead the lead the frickin way. All right. Um, Are you driving, Mr. Wilker? Absolutely. As
2: long as you're riding shotgun. Mr. Green, no offense, but when Mr. Blade is hot, Mr. Blade is hot.
1: Okay, so um, you guys flirt with the idea briefly of looking at a dumpster behind a Wendy's. If that I do, idea...
2: you mean thoroughly investigate.
1: Okay. So you guys do go to this dumpster. Apparently. This and...
2: mathematically like indicated dumpster, obviously.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'll say that I'll say that Cody is not crazy about the premise of going on this adventure. He thinks it's goofy. And yep. um
3: Except I yeah. have a Blake move yeah. and I roll it. And that move is called contrary. Mm-hmm. And I mark experience. <laughs>
1: That's it. <laughs> does that mean? That, does that mean that you failed that role?
3: I also take plus one on going on any moves, um, pursuing the uh, Wendy's dumpster.
1: When you seek out and receive someone's honest advice, I don't know if you sought out anybody's advice here. You were the one finding the information and providing it. <laughs>
3: well we did learn where the um where the old person home was and
1: what's well, a group home it's like a foster like an orphanage mm-hmm. not an old person home but
3: aren't young people aren't orphans just
1: young old people i mean that's that's true and yeah. age precipitously through experience you yeah know. exactly they they live so hard they age yeah. super fast that's live orphans fast, die fast mm-hmm. that's the same. too fast Too orphaned.
3: (laughs) Mess with the best. Have no parents like the rest. (laughs)
1: Yeah. After that fever dream of going to a dumpster at Wednesday, Wendy's, we, uh, we come back here. And we'll take a look at some of the different, some of the clues we've got. We've got Magnolia Place, this uh, mansion where uh, Alan's family had been, had like lived. We've got the Thaddeus Camacho group home, this orphanage basically where he grew up. You know the hospital where he was born. Um, and you, you've you got some other clues that they don't relate to Alan Graves specifically.
2: All right, well, I feel like this is like hours later. We've come back to like where we started. Mm-hmm. Mr. Blade had his chance. Mr. Green, what do you think?
1: Well, We all have Frosties at this point. Yeah, you guys all have oh. Frosty in one hand, Baked Potato in another hand.
2: And they're fresh Frosties. I actually bought new Frosties, We didn't have to get the ones out of the dumpster.
1: <laughs> but the Baked Potatoes were out of the dumpster.
3: Well, I'm not rich.
1: Yeah, and each of you has your pockets full of chili.
3: Yeah. Well, at least we didn't get stung.
1: <laughs> True enough.
3: By a ghost or so, a wasp.
1: So we have the
4: Thaddeus Camo- Camacho Orphanage. Mm-hmm. And we have some kind of mansion,
1: you said? Mm-hmm. The Magnolia Place Estate.
4: And we have a hospital.
1: Mm-hmm. Is the, it the same hospital we were at right before? Same hospital, yeah. Palmetto it's City Palmetto General City.
4: Hospital. I shall say, um, well, um, I guess if he had some kind of powers or, or learned some kind of stuff, it might have been, at that point, that seems like the, the, the earliest kind of thing, right?
2: I agree. I think finding some insight into his background could show us maybe where he was when this happened where the mirror was. So let's go back to the start.
4: So oh, yeah, do we part- know the place where he actually uh, died? No, that just in his no, apartment that, or something.
2: That's what we were we hoping can, to we can, find can, out. I think.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So you're saying to go to the Magnolia place mansion. That, that's what it seems like outside of town um, or nearby. And um, it's actually probably towards Dreffield to a certain degree where it can kind of like get like a little bit more out in the country, um, but not quite as out in the sticks where there's a lot of uh, farms and that kind of such stuff. You can get to this place, but it's kind of a pain in the ass in that uh, it is a schlep for sure to get out to uh, Magnolia place. At some point you have to leave a uh, state road and there's kind of a, like a long private drive and you can figure out pretty clearly that this place is like, like, like had been some kind of uh, like very like old big estate or mansion or something like that. And when you guys get to the gate, there is like a indeed a gate. So Mr. Walker probably has to park the van and, um, yeah, there's kind of like a locked or chained up gate that you guys can hop over the fence real damn easily. But, uh, the rest of this journey is on foot unless you're busting this gate open. Spot by me. All right. Cool. So, um, this area, you maybe saw some pictures This house had, like, in the past been a small, like, plantation house. I'm gonna mute uh, Alex for a moment. So, this had been a small plantation house, and, um, uh, some of, like, the farmland had been sold off, as it wasn't, like, actively being used for any kind of agricultural purposes, but the main house itself was around until it was burned down about 20 years ago, or until it burned down about 20 years ago. So, there are um, essentially just, like, the bottom parts of this building. If you imagine this building had maybe been two stories tall, the second story is definitely gone. um, But as you guys are kind of approaching, the thing that is certainly there is um, parts of the first story and the, like, somewhat of a basement that's been dug in. So there's also maybe a uh, like like a separate thing nearby that had possibly been like either in the past stables, maybe another area that had been like a shed and that kind of thing. So there's a few different little structures here and there. Um, it is there's a few tidbits to notice about it. It's it's getting later. It's not dark out yet, but it's certainly getting later. Um, And it is eerily, eerily silent out here.
2: Like no insects, no birds, that kind of thing?
1: Eggs. uh, Yeah, you don't hear like the usual kind of like cicadas or frogs or that kind of thing. It's eerily silent. You can hear like the wind blow periodically. But even then, um, it's not much. What if... And I got a big question for you before you even go on. I'm sorry. Did you bring Lauren and Cody with you? Or are those two watching one another? That's
2: a good question.
3: What do you guys think? If
4: they don't yeah. stay in the van, I guess.
3: Cody wants to get some uh, extra credit on his internship that he now has with Warcorp. Are you just handing out
2: internships now?
1: He's just just doing it like ser- like service hours.
3: Yeah. After seeing the blistering pace at which I brute uh, forced the mainframe, yeah, he, uh, he's kind of been my shadow.
1: Okay. So yeah, so those two are hanging out in the van. um, All right, yeah,
2: the band seems like a good place for them.
1: Sure. Okay, meanwhile, the three of you knuckleheads are wandering around this estate.
2: Sounds good to me. So, I I missed one small detail. This manor we're at, Mm -hmm. this is where he was raised?
1: Born. He was raised in that orphanage.
2: Born, born. Okay, and... Mm -hmm or that it, 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 it
1: burned or no the, no he was he was born at the general hospital this is where his parents were when they died
2: and they died shortly after his birth
1: their date of death was listed as the same day as his birth
2: so did he ever live here
1: to your knowledge no
2: so this should be like the- burnt-out ruins of a mansion.
1: This—that That is exactly what it is. Got it. We can have you guys go somewhere else.
2: No, we haven't, no, we ha- I, I love it. I think it's great. I was just
1: making sure I knew where we were at.
4: Okay. You said there was, like, a lower level? Or did I make that up?
1: No, you got it. Of the mansion? Um, yeah, imagine, like, a two-story southern plantation house, where it's its a big house, but it's not enormous. Um, and now the second story is completely gone. A lot of the first story walls like are only like they only go up six or seven feet as exterior walls. But then if you were inside, there's also um, like it
4: was like a creepy basement kind of thing.
1: Yeah, but again, that would have had a wood floor, which, given that there was a fire, is gone. So it's just like these these deep recesses and these walls. But there's also like so, a shed, okay. a shed nearby, and maybe some stables.
4: So is there no like what uh, like you can see the like the I guess what would have been the basement is all exposed now? Is what you're saying?
1: Okay, so you guys, you guys arrive there. Are we are we sticking with 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 this location?
2: Well, what are we looking at as far as like angry slave ghosts?
1: It's a possibility. <laughs>
2: uh, I am down to investigate it whether or not we find
1: them or not. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys some more of these details as we go um as we're moving forward.
4: All right, well, can you Is there a creepy place that's hidden at this point?
1: That you can is there a creepy place experience? that's hidden?
4: Yeah, my question was the basement. Seems pretty creepy, mm-hmm. but it seems like you indicated that it is now exposed, so it's not hidden anymore. It's just correct. Everyone, God can see. Okay, so not yeah. creepy place anymore.
1: There's a lot of creepiness to this, and we can get we can get to that in just in just a second. There's definitely creepy aspects to this for sure.
4: All right, well, Austin, I'm sneaking to those creepy places. <laughs> so if they're hidden, <laughs> you gotta this... tell me. And if they're not hidden,
2: then I can't that go there. There's nothing okay. to keep from that that XP.
1: <laughs> sure. Well, we can again we can get to that in just a second. Could everybody make a sharp roll? Alright.
4: Should I do it if I'm already gone, because I'm in a creepy place?
1: Yes, you should absolutely do that. Or no, you're just going off by yourself. So yes. you okay, still make that sharp roll, but your situation's going to be different. I got a seven. So Carl got a seven. Alex, how'd you do here? I got a nine. Got a sharp nine. roll.
3: I got a ten. I
1: got a ten. Sharp roll. You got a ten. So Alex got a ten. Carl got a nine. Or Seven. Or a seven. I'm seven. And what pressure? Seven. Seven. All right. So here is the deal, and I'm just going to be kind of like blatant with some of this, and we'll tr- I'll try to have this be described in a cool way as we go forward. But depending on how you did on that roll, it would determine if you got separated from the other people in this very creepy place. Alex was the only one who does not get separated, but since everyone else got separated, he also does. So here's what I'm going to change that to easily to give Alex the benefit of, uh, or to give Darkblade the benefit of having done so well in that role. Darkblade is the only one who keeps his wits about him to where he is back to the van. Like Darkblade, uh, if, if it was like, fuck, I gotta get out of here, he can get right back to the van. Everybody else, it's gonna require more effort to do that. So even though he is alone, he's got the, he, he's got his wits about him. He knows the, he's got the idea of the lay of the land. So his sense of direction hasn't been compromised by this very spooky, creepy place. Um. Meanwhile, for the rest of you guys, Uh, For Mr. Welker and for Ashton, you are also separated, but you're going to find something as well. Ashton was going to be separated no matter what because he wanted to go off on his own. Um, But we had to figure out if that led to a very bad situation past just being separated. All right. So um, we'll go based on our, our roles. So we've got three locations. We've got the main house. Which, like I said, was used to be a two-story house. It's now just essentially the burnt-out shell of that house. It's pretty big. There is what appears to possibly be like a stable or a barn, maybe, and then there's also a um, like a big uh, shed. So there's there's let's say there's three three fairly big locations. And I'll add a fourth that, like, on the property, which seems to have been like fenced in low fences, like you'd have it like on a cattle ranch or something like that. There's also like a densely wooded area. So, there's four locales house, stables, shed, densely wooded area. So, based on our role, since Darkblade, you did the best, where are you interested in checking out? Since everybody's separated. <laughs> the uh, foyer. So the house, which would be the only of those places that would have a foyer or a foyer. All right. so darkblade, you head into this house and it is that it is walls that are like uh stone walls. The odds walls are to the wall There are balls on them. The odds are when this house was built, which was like long ago, the first story was made of like masonry. And there's a good chance that the second story was just a wood frame. So the fire obviously completely destroyed the entire second story. It destroyed the the ceiling of the first story slash roof of the second story. It also destroyed the floor, which means then like a kind of basement that is not like a full basement like you might have up north, but because it's Florida, it's only maybe like four or five feet down um, is like exposed now and there's little compartments where like different parts of the foundation had been um but you're able to kind of wander around this area and it is indeed pretty damn spooky specifically one of the things that you find is um some kind of like very frightening symbol what is that symbol and this, and and to, to to ruin the lead, this is a thing that you will also have seen in Alan's artwork on social media.
3: It's, it can uh, it can
1: be something painted on one of these fucked up walls. It can be like a physical item somewhere that's left over. Mm-hmm. It could be drawn it, in the dirt, whatever a, you think.
3: It's a circle, uh, like a small circle within a larger circle, um, which is um a nipple and then it's leaking
1: okay so it's supposed to be like a like a leaking or a lactating breast or nipple
4: mm-hmm.
1: okay and you've seen like some imagery of that in Alan's artwork and uh is that drawn in the sand is that drawn in, onto the one of the walls It's on the ceiling well there's no ceiling
3: oh yeah which is really weird um it's, yeah
1: that's it's just floating oh. fuck. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh, is that a glass ceiling? Huh. Never seen that before. Um. Okay. It is in a wall.
1: Okay. So it, it seems to have. Oh. Um. Creepily, it seems to be the the wall seems to have like like a dark scorch mark. That symbol seems to be not scorched stone. Like almost as if like that design had not been burned where the rest of it had been. Okay. Yeah. So you're able to kind of find that and, uh, it's kind of a big one. Cool. Uh, Mr. Welker and Ashton, uh, Mr. Welker got a, what a seven or nine?
2: I got seven, I believe.
1: And Ashton, you got a, yes. We both got sevens. Both got sevens. Fuck. Okay. Um, do either of you have a strong opinion about what you think would be cooler or creepier?
2: No strong opinion. Uh, I was going to kind of say I was, like, maybe, like, keeping watch around outside, now maybe I was stumbled into the woods. Um, but not not married to that idea. I
4: was thinking the creepiest place left, I guess, would be, what, the shed?
1: Sure. So, yeah, so you head into the shed. And this shed is, is pretty big. It's the kind of thing that would... Um, The term shed is maybe even too reductive. It might be large enough to be like a garage or even a barn. Um, It is kind of falling apart. It was also made of wood. It seems like it was spared the brunt of the fire. Um, But just through kind of the ravages of time, a lot of it has like kind of fallen in. As you go in there, um, you're able to see like some super rusted disused farm equipment that's there and um, more interestingly you also find one of these symbols so this is another symbol that uh, is like a spooky frightening thing it can be a physical item it can be a but, nip-
4: wait is it the drippy nipple or is this a new one
1: it's a different one <laughs>
4: okay uh, I think I'm gonna this symbol though it's like a like a primitive kind of outline of a hornet.
1: Okay. So yeah, so it's an outline of a hornet. Um and it's just on like a one of the walls of the of this barn or this garage.
0: Sure. Okay.
1: Yeah, so you're able to spot this. And then uh Mr. Welker. What are we? Where are we headed?
2: The woods. Uh, I'm sort of like keeping watch around, sort of just taking a walk about while they they look
1: inside. Okay. Well, one of the things about this is, like I said, you've kind of become separated and a little bit. Uh, well, Mister Welker and Ashton have both kind of become separated and a little bit lost. So maybe from Darkblade's okay. perspective, you guys were splitting up on purpose. From your perspective, Ashton and Chase Welker, you guys didn't plan to split up and you just both like you headed in the direction you thought everyone was going in and when you looked back around they're not there and you're kind of like not positive of how exactly to get back in the lay of the land
2: that makes sense so maybe like i i, I went into the house with uh mr blade and i for some reason was certain that they were falling behind me when i sort of like went out like an, like a back door on that same first floor and look around they're not they're not behind me at all
1: Okay, so yeah, so maybe you initially went to you initially went to the house with uh, Herbert, but um, you you were like, oh, he's got this, and you kind of looked over into this section and kind of walked far enough away where then you're like, oh shit, he's not with me, and exactly where the house is, I don't know. Okay, cool. So, um, going through this area of the woods, it's it's kind of heavily wooded, um, of course you get to an area which has um, like a small clearing in it. The clearing is maybe only 30 to 40 feet wide, roughly circular. Um, and at the center of that clearing is another one of these symbols.
2: It looks like, like a single like line coming out of what looks like an asterisk at the bottom. And then, like, things coming out the top instead of the bottom. So instead, it kind of resembles, like, a pyre that's burning. Like, a, like a, if you were to burn someone at the stake, there's fire coming out the top of the stake, and there's, like, a pyre at the bottom.
1: Okay. With the exception of Darkblade, we now run into a slight hiccup. Mr. Welker and Ashton are both essentially separated, and they have to find the rest of the team. Alright? So... Hmm.
4: Oh yeah, I've got a question maybe as I'm Go looking at the it. shed. So... And you said the shed was like burnt too, right? Or was no, it? No.
1: It's it's just like, like messed up from time where it's like part of the roof has collapsed in on the thing.
4: Hmm. Okay. Well, maybe this will still work. Is there anything that seems to be like um i guess not damaged or anything compared to the rest of it like maybe something that the dark powers have avoided or does it all just look like shit i think
1: the big i think the big thing to find was these symbols that there are these symbols and that they are images that you have either if you've studied what's on Alan Graves social media they are in his artwork alright fair enough (laughs) so I think that that's the big thing but there is another location if you want to get there um, and then maybe that could give you some additional info so remember there were four locations the other thing is a stables now Darkblade you're able to just get to that location if you want but um, either way, Mr. Welker and Ashton are gonna have to find their way back to the group, essentially, mm-hmm. and that might mean uh, making s- probably actually. Could you guys both? I know it's sharp rolls again. Make read a bad situation rolls for me. Eight. Mr. Welker got an eight. How you doing, Ashton?
4: Uh, I got a ten.
1: Got a ten. Pretty good. All right. Ashton, what is your first question?
4: I guess if there's nothing else interesting here, I'm gonna ask what's my best way out.
1: What's your best way out? And and are you heading are and you're planning on heading back to the rest of the group and like acting on that?
4: Yeah, because there's no there's nothing of note here otherwise, right?
1: So there's no no new additional stuff based on what you yeah. found so far. So, I think
4: the only yeah, I'm just getting out of here, right? Okay
1: that's not fully true you can still learn more information uh, for sure but if you want to get if you want to get back you can essentially like slowly retrace your steps um, to get out of here one of the things that you find that you shouldn't do is you notice that you you notice that like maybe you turn your uh, you use your cell phone as like a flashlight to see that wasp. And one of the weird things is, even though you're kind of out in the country, you have full reception in this, Um, but you resist the urge to call anybody, and you instead just kind of like retrace your steps back and can get back. If you retrace your steps slowly and kind of focus on those, you you can get back to the van, essentially. So. We'll hop to Mr. Welker. I know you get another question, but just for drama's sake, we'll come back to you. So, Chase Welker, what's your first question of those Rita situation questions?
2: I would say, what's the biggest threat?
1: As you're walking around and thinking about this stuff, what's the biggest threat, biggest danger to you? Those are extremely similar questions. Um, I'm going to try to answer it as much as I can. And if I, if I don't, maybe we'll figure out how it goes. Uh, so you realize that Lauren Wall's friends have been being attacked, or the, or that something's been happening to them? Not being a that they have been sure. uh meeting these terrible ends.
2: Yeah, I mean that we know mm-hmm. that for sure,
1: right? Um, you think to yourself about that video that you watched in which Alan Graves said that like you'll be alone, uh, and then you realize. Okay. That Uh uh-oh, fuck. We're now people in a position that are trying to, like, help her. We're now theoretically targets as well.
2: Oh, okay. That I'm totally fine with.
1: So you, you realize, like, oh, shit. That list doesn't end with Cody Brinzo. That list would also include us. And I think you realize that list would include George Conti, her boyfriend, as well.
2: That yeah, that makes sense though. That, that's something we're worried about.
1: So I, I, does that answer your question?
2: That's that that works for me. Like the scope of like the scope of how concerned we should be here,
1: and just realize like and realizing you're in the crosshairs as well now.
2: That part makes total sense. Yes. All
1: right, Ashton. What is your second question of the read a bad situation questions?
4: Uh, yeah, I think, based on that, what's the best way to protect the victims, then?
0: The best way to protect the victims. (sighs)
1: Um, to protect the victims, with an S on the end, destroy that mirror. You realize, like, this is really spooky, and this really seems like some witch shit, um the best way, and that Alan Graves is definitely connected to something that seems like witch-related stuff, the best way to protect the victims, with an S, would be uh, destroy that mirror. Now you realize there's another way to protect most of the victims. That's a little bit darker. And if the goal is to make and I'll say this piggybacks off of uh, Carl's thing, and maybe I'll, maybe mystically you're kind of sharing this information through the power of plot progression,
2: or the power of friendship,
1: or the power of friendship, which is how you defeat Dracula if you read Dracula. Um, that book was bad. It's a bad book. Uh, earthquakes, earthquakes. So you, you realize. Wait a minute. If the goal here is for This witch to make Lauren be alone. What if Lauren just dies? Good point. Then it seems like the other people wouldn't have anything to worry about because Lauren's dead. I kill Lauren. All right, just kidding. Hey. (laughs) So yeah, so that that comes that comes into your head where you're like, wait a minute. Like, if, Lauren, if something happens to Lauren, and uh, here's, here's, here's an additional thing I'll give you with this. What that means is that Lauren, theoretically, so long as any of her friends are around, Lauren is actually safe by comparison. Yeah. Because if she's going to be made to be alone, she can't die. Because then she'll be in the embrace of Jesus. Obviously. She'll never be alone. All right, Mr. Welker, so you are in the woods. As you're out there, you start to hear, as you're trying to get back and like trying to find your way back and you're having difficulty, um, because your question, unlike Ashton's, wasn't how do I get back, you're kind of like bumbling around in the woods. I say bumbling, you're not an incompetent person, but you're kind of like a woodsman. You're not a woodsman. So one of the things that you realize is you're like, wait, this property is bigger than I thought it was. And so, as you're going through these woods, you're running into things where you think you keep seeing lights from somebody's flashlight, and you'll kind of head in that direction, and then you won't be seeing it anymore, and you'll think, like, wait, was that just the moon, or was that maybe, um, like, a reflection off something? If you're using your phone as a flashlight or anything like that, you keep kind of trying to look around, and um, you start to hear this buzzing noise. And it's kind of like, it starts out very low and you had not been hearing any animals. And all of a sudden there is this noise of like buzzing. And at first you probably think it's just cicadas for a second and you're like, okay, that's not anything weird. But then it very clearly gets a lot louder and it is absolutely not cicadas. It is like, oh fuck, I stuck my head in a beehive level swarm of insects and very soon... There are things whizzing by your ears. There are some of these that are kind of landing on you that you're having to swat away. And you're going to need to make a cool roll for me. Which I know you're actually very good at, so this is good.
2: I sure hope I stay cool, because that doesn't sound very cool at all. Fourteen, baby.
1: Fourteen is an awesome roll. Okay. I give a
2: kissed every single... One
1: of those honeybees. Yeah, you're like, listen up, baby. Yeah, you yeah, you turn into Renee Zellweger and all the bees are played by Jerry Seinfeld and they're weirdly aroused where a bee wants to have sex with a human woman. Um, yeah, Patrick Warburton's not happy about the situation. He tries to fight them with a thumbtack or something. So, um, yeah, you are absolutely aware of all these wasps. And like, that's what they are. Like very clearly you see them. And in fact, you're able to like spot one that's on you and slap it off of yourself before it uh, like stings you. But the weird thing is you've never seen a wasp like this before. Okay. That sounds like I'm going to break out into a song. You've never seen a wasp like this before. Yeah. (laughs) You've never seen a wasp like this before. A, it is bigger than most wasps that you see. Like it's probably like two or three times larger the other,
2: wasp.
1: got it yeah the other weird thing is um that on their wings on like the biggest because they have those like four part wings I think or something like that um sure but on on their wings and so not on the like the back of their thorax like a moth but okay. on the wings there is like a death's head image so if you're thinking of okay. those moths that have that like skull looking thing on their backs, it's that, but it's on the end of each wing. And you think to yourself, fuck, I have definitely seen that in Alan's artwork. Okay. And you swap this thing off, but you're able to run, and maybe you uh, run through some like kind of thick branches and um, are able to get out of that uh, situation. And because that roll was so good, I'll say you're able to kind of like smack into Darkblade as oh, yeah. he's coming back up from the car, uh, not from the car, from the inside of the, the burnt out house.
2: Sounds good to me.
1: Hope and you so like you guys look, like,
2: Mr. Blade, get indoors. There seems to be an infestation of sorts here.
1: Uh, uh, he's vaping. <clears throat>
2: yeah. I won't tell the police, Mr. Blade. Don't worry.
3: All right. Uh, we should get out of here then. Illegal what you seeing bugs? Mm-hmm. So many bugs. All right, let's let's roll.
1: All right, so you guys can maybe one head thing back. I can't hack. Yeah, <laughs> I can't hack bugs, man. Yeah, you uh, you you run. You kind of head back to the van. Ashton, what is your final question from your read a bad situation roll that you knocked out of the park?
4: I think the the one that we don't really know the answer to could be, what's most vulnerable to me
1: vulnerable to you i have two answers for you and they kind of go in different directions so one what's most vulnerable to you once you actually find this mirror theoretically it's a mirror that's pretty fucking vulnerable like where it's like oh it's just an object that can just be destroyed like a fairly fragile object, in fact. I mean be the
2: mirror in general though. Like we don't know where it is.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So like like that's pretty vulnerable. The other thing that's pretty vulnerable is um you oh, yeah, this this I think is bigger. Yeah, that dude Cody is not super stable. And you made this realization about Lauren. And like, wait a minute, if Lauren was just, uh, if Lauren died, then uh, theoretically, the goal of this witch would be undone. Um, Yeah, one of the things that you realize is that this dude, uh, he may also have made this realization.
4: Hmm, okay.
1: So, uh, what's, what's vulnerable. So in that capacity, his mental, emotional state, that's a dude who's getting desperate. And, uh, you realize, you realize that there's a desperate move that could be made. And he seems like a desperate gentleman.
4: Yeah. So I think knowing that Ashton's gonna take one more glance
1: around and then
4: just get at it. This, uh, Keep want to call it a cellar but it is a shed
1: gotcha okay and so Ashton slowly makes his way out to meet up with uh, Darkblade and Mr. Welker yeah and you guys are at the uh... you guys can get back to the van pretty quickly
4: let's open the van are they still there
1: they are still there <laughs> um, okay. and I think Lauren, <laughs> Lauren looks pretty distraught And she'll tell you. um, She'll be like. Like we have to. We have to to figure this out. Did you find anything?
2: Mr. Walker will be like. Don't worry ma'am. We've definitely made some progress. And we're going to make sure. That you and your friend. And look over to uh, Cody. Will not be the next victims.
1: She's like we just, we need to do this very quickly, not just for we have have to get this as, get this done as fast as possible hold on one second, why is that and she's like, oh she'll say George called me
2: George, oh okay, you're her,
1: her her boyfriend and who is the doctor at the hospital. She'll be like, and she just like bursts into tears, and Cody looks like very upset as well. Um, and she's like, it's she's like it's Bella.
2: She didn't make it.
1: She'll be like, and she just kind of like like shakes her head and cries further and um i'm just gonna kind of fast forward you guys to that hospital to just hear what went on because like she's definitely gonna want to go there to a to talk to george and b to like yeah that's probably the the thing that's like like the big push for her but you guys are probably like oh we want this information and when you get there um Dean Winters, Dean Winters, fuck. Sloan Winters, Detective Sloan Winters is there again, and he's not happy to be there. And there's like other cops doing stuff. And you can very easily learn that um, that there was a shooting at the hospital. Really? Yeah. A
2: shooting of who by who?
1: Um I don't I don't think certainly Detective Winters, and if not Detective Winters, then the Doctor George Conti. You guys would get this information almost immediately. Like, there's you you know too many people involved in this for it to even require a role. Um, Bella attacked the security guard, and um, in the, in the process of attacking him, his gun went off and killed her. Of course, it did. And yeah, and I think like, George Conti will tell you like, like. I I can't even imagine her he was like like the injuries that she that she suffered, like the fractures that she suffered, um I wouldn't imagine she could get out of bed. She had a breathing tube down her throat, she had all these things, IVs and other things hooked up. Just getting out of bed itself would be difficult.
2: Jeez. Interesting, though, that someone who wants to wreak vengeance on these people could then control them specifically. Well, that's still
1: working here, anyway. And, uh... Yeah, I think that there is a... The the security guard who shot her, though accidentally, is there, and Sloane Winters is talking to him. And, uh he's like writing everything down. And so you guys have an opportunity to go bother those guys. If you want.
2: I'm almost reluctant to given our increasing annoyance to this person. Um, but I feel like we should, um, yeah, I'd be like, I, I, I come up with it. In sort of like a conciliatory way. It was like, Hey, I'm so sorry to hear this happened. Um, is there anything we can do? Uh, if it's the way we can help, then please feel free to let us know.
1: Um, hmm. And I think Sloan, uh, Sloan, Detective Winters will kind of look at you and be and just say, like, like, have you found anything, Welker? If you'd be willing to share whatever stuff with. Sloan detective Sloan Winters part of his deal with you was like I'll give you this information if you keep me abreast of anything that you find out so if you're like yes I have found something and even just kind of imply to him that I will tell you that info he'll give you some more information and we can say later on that you shared some of this stuff with him
2: yeah I'm, I'm prepared to let him believe that like we believe in occult things mm-hmm. Um, as long as it makes him believe that we're also on his side.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, so long as he's like, if, if you're like, yeah, we found something. He'll be like, yep. this is, uh, this is Gus. Uh, this is Gus Miller. And he's like, Gus, tell him what you tell him what you told me. He's a consultant. And uh, the security guard basically says like, I was on the phone talking to my wife I was standing outside I heard some n- weird noises inside. I just popped my head in for a minute I'm not a nurse I'm not a doctor I didn't know what was going on but something sounded bad and I looked in the machines were going nuts. I didn't see the kid and then when I looked around she was y- she was right there and she was yelling and screaming at me she uh, uh it's like she didn't see what was going on it was like she was seeing something she was yelling other people's names uh she was yelling about somebody named alan she was yelling about uh who were those kids from before taylor olive those those two so it's it's like she wasn't even in her right mind and i mean she'd just gotten out of the just gotten out of a what was she an unconscious so that and so the big thing that you get out of this is this dude definitely did not shoot her on purpose. It was by accident, because I think she like almost grabbed this gun from him, yeah. but Bella didn't seem to be in her right mind when she did this, and she seemed to be seeing things that were not there. And so that's like an extra wrinkle to this situation. Okay. so that's that's the new bit of information that you have, but unfortunately, Bella White is now deceased
2: not not super surprising unfortunately um if any one of us three could like keep them away from this scene for a bit, I feel like that's like the standard um terrible tragedy protocol as far as like onlookers goes, then mm-hmm. we would do that
1: yeah, keeping and I think keeping Cody and Lauren away is fairly easy. But, um, like when you're through, do you have any more questions for Detective Winters or this guy Gus um, Miller?
2: No, I'm much more interested in getting Winters to trust me than I am in getting more information out of him. Um, if
1: you if you uh, tell him the basic stuff that you found out, if you tell him, you know, like like we think it relates to the occult. Here are these legends. Here's this these creepy things that we found at this house where he was his parents lived.
2: Yeah, I'll kind of go, like, basically, like, Ross chokes are like, uh, this person who died knew all of them, he has a connection to them, um, he believed in occult things, and inexplicable things are now happening. You put the pieces together from that, that's what we know.
1: Like, okay. I would go with that. Um, hmm. Is there anything that you're, like, really specifically leaving out or trying to hide from him in this capacity?
2: Um... No, I guess not. I can't tell of anything so far that I'm like, no, he can't know about that. Gotcha. Other than Lorecore, obviously.
1: Right, which he already knows that you work for that company. Yeah. But, so, yeah. okay. Then he shares an additional piece of information for, with you. This investigation into this Alan Graves kid, uh, like there is an investigation into this person, but it's being treated as a missing person because... There was never a body found. We don't know where this suicide supposedly occurred. Since we can't verify that there's a body and there's no additional person to contact, we don't know that this kid is really dead.
2: Who uploaded this video then? If like, he- That's the
1: other thing is if it was uploaded through some kind of connection to his social media, doesn't that further prove that he's not dead? And he's looking at that from a very non occult capacity.
2: Sure, then that's fair. And we so we never found a body, and we never found where this happened. All we have is a video of a person that mm-hmm. was somehow put on the internet.
4: Right.
1: And
2: that's, and he, and then he obviously hasn't been seen since then.
1: Right. Correct. So we're looking at so from our perspective, from the pers- from the perspective of the local police departments, this is a missing person thing for him, where they don't know where this guy is. so from their perspective he's extra interested in this because not only mm-hmm. like are there these weird occult things but he might just he thinks like well if there's if this dude is involved with it it's not proven that he's dead
2: yeah he's a murder suspect
1: right so now it's like he's a missing thing and a person of interest in all these deaths
2: yeah for sure I, though totally the,
1: that. though the murder suspect i think he's like i think he'll he'll keep being like certainly a person of interest he'll keep saying that because from his perspective this is a kid who fell off a balcony a girl yeah. who got hit by a car a girl who got in a car accident and then got in a fight with a security guard and got shot like those don't seem like murders but certainly this guy is someone we want to talk to
2: i guess like my conversation with winners will end with like me trying to like impress upon him like oh whether or not he's a suspect or a person of interest It sure is strange that these people just happen to die in ways that can't be explained, isn't it, Mr. Winters?
1: And he's like, all... And I think he just says, and this is like the first time where he says, he'll just tell you all of this shit is strange, Welker. All of this shit is strange.
2: Couldn't agree more, Mr. Winters. And I, I think that the more we agree in matters like this, the more of a help to each other we'll be.
1: And, uh... Yeah. He just... I, oh, he just crams another piece of like Wrigley's gum into his mouth where he's just, you can tell it's like, it's a stress thing. And he had talked previously to Darkblade about like quitting smoking years ago. And this is just stressing the fuck out of him where he's chewing like a wad of gum that's almost cartoony. Like like a, like a baseball player chewing dip level of gum.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, yeah. So I think that's where we kind of end that. And so while Mr. Welker is talking to Detective Winters, Maybe Ashton and Darkblade are hanging out with Lauren and Cody. Could that be cool? And um, I think
4: Ashton's trying to uh, keep them separated for sure after that revelation.
1: Okay. So um, wherever Lauren and Cody are and Ashton apparently as well, I don't know if Darkblade is there as well, or if he was with Mr. Welker, but George Conti, the doctor comes over and he looks extremely shaken which is understandable. a friend of his just died. I'm sorry. A third friend of his just died. Um, But he looks extra shaken. Like he looks like pallid. And again, he's, he's a very, very handsome man. And all of a sudden he looks kind of sickly. And he comes up to all of you. And he says. Like. You can't tell anybody this. That I told you any of this information. Promise me that.
4: Oh, oh yeah, no, of course. I. Why? No, I wouldn't do that.
1: And Lauren is kind of like like, of course, of course. And Cody kind of nods. Is Darkblade with Ashton and Lauren and Cody, or is he with Mister Welker and Detective Winters? Uh, he's
3: with Ashton and Cody.
1: Okay, and he looks over And so George Conti, the doctor, looks over at uh, Herbert Darkblade sixty nine Mach, and he's like, "You don't tell anybody this." He's like, "I could lose my job. I could go to jail." You got it. It's like
3: a lot of secrets, buddy.
1: And he kind of turns to Lauren to basically, to basically give Lauren the final say on, "Do I tell these people this information?" And Lauren kind of nods eventually of like, go ahead and just tell us. And he'll say, since Bella mentioned Alan again, and I think Lauren kind of like, like gets pretty bothered since... I looked up his medical records. He was born in this hospital. But here was the crazy thing. And he'll, he'll like, he looks around to make sure like nobody's looking and he'll say like, like, Oh, here's, he'll say, here's your chart, which is just like cover. And then he'll show the time of death for the person who's Alan's mother ...and the time of birth for Alan... ...and you'll notice a big problem. Alan's mother died... ...before Alan was born. And he like... ...looks into this... ...and he says... ...Alan's mother, Mrs. Graves... ...was brought to the hospital... ...already dead. She died in the fire at their house. Alan was still alive in her womb... ...and was delivered here at the hospital... ...after his mother had been dead for what was almost four or five
0: hours. This American Monster is a production of This American Dice. This American Monster uses the monster of the weak system. A game published by Evil Hat Productions and by Michael Sands. Sundry Charms is Lee. Chase Welker is Carl. Darkblade69 is Alex. Ashton Green is David. And your Game Master is Austin Smith. Our theme song is by Patrick Ross. It's called Sinlude. Additional music for this episode included... Tend to it, by Osiris Saline. So, this episode and this
1: arc, uh, these first couple arcs in general, see David's character, Ashton, as the mundane, Utilized two moves that often kind of gave me pause as a game master. Those included Oops, and... Um, don't worry i'll check it out and trust me and one of the things that i ran into several times with the trust me move here is the text from uh, the book it says trust me when you tell a normal person the truth in order to protect them from danger roll plus charm on a 10 plus they'll do what you say they should no questions asked on a seven to nine they do it but the keeper chooses one from And then it's they ask a hard question first, they stall and dither, they have a better idea on a miss, they're going to think you're crazy and maybe dangerous too. So um, a conflict that arose at times and kind of a disagreement was how much of the truth has to be told to trigger this move. And from my opinion, just telling a person, hey, you're in danger, you need to get out of here is nowhere near enough or hey, uh, I know that this creepy thing happened, you're in danger, let me in. Still not enough. You have to give them the actual information. And the reason for that um, now, with the benefit of hindsight, is that on a miss, they're going to think you're crazy and maybe dangerous too if you're not suggesting the supernatural thing, if you're not putting all of this information out there, if you're not straight up saying, hey, the Chuds are coming up out of the sewers, they're cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dwellers, and they killed John Goodman in that one brief scene John Goodman's in, if you're not saying that stuff, if you're not telling them that uh, uh, the, the fog that is, is going to come in uh, turns people inside out, if you're not giving them the full information then that miss doesn't work because all you said was, well, you're in danger. Um, So that's something that I had kind of thought about that. And oftentimes it relates to the issue that I'd brought up before of, I wasn't sure if Ashton was playing the character, or I'm sorry, David was playing the character of Ashton as obtuse and socially awkward. And so he didn't want to say much and he was trying to stumble through it. Or if we just had a disagreement on how much truth needed to come out. The other two moves are kind of tough. Don't worry, I'll check it out. Uh, has the following text. Whenever you go off by yourself to check out somewhere or something scary, mark experience. Um, this was a tough one as a game master because it just meant that Ashton was always encouraged to wander off by himself. Um And uh, that sometimes created issues, uh, though I actually don't mind splitting the party up that much. Um some of my locations in this game I set up where, okay, part of the threat here is that you guys are going to get separated. And we saw that in um, in this mystery where Ashton was just like, I want to be separated. Like, oh, okay, well, that undermines part of what I was doing with that, but it does mean that you're, you're already separated. Uh, the other one, Oops, says, Oops. If you want to stumble across something important, tell the keeper. You will find something important and useful, although not necessarily related to your immediate problems. My one thing with that is it basically kind of undermines some of the other uh, standard or basic move roles and it allows you to kind of get something now the last part is not necessarily related to your immediate problems that it's important and useful though not necessarily related to your immediate problems that i think i should have utilized more often to provide additional details that they weren't necessarily looking for um but if you want to stumble across something important one argument i would make with this is that that move is activated It shouldn't be activated when you are actively looking for something. So if you're looking for clues as to what happened at a scene of a murder and you're like, oh, well, here's a bloody knife. You haven't stumbled across this. You're at the site of a murder at a crime scene and you're finding a bloody knife. That's hardly stumbling across things. So how that was utilized in this, uh, I was always kind of on the fence about. But stay tuned. And now for some bloops. What is that?
2: It looks like how you would draw an asterisk, but with like droplets coming out of it.
1: Like like shooting out of each of the little ends of an asterisk.
2: Well, like an asterisk, but then like sort of like oozing droplets coming out from the center of it.
1: (laughs) Okay, are you making an (laughs) asshole joke? Is that the is that what you're going for? (laughs) Like,
0: you horrible over here.
2: I was, but I feel like character wasn't. Ever since I saw that that's how Kurt Vonnegut draws an asshole, I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it. Like it's it's the forefront of my mind. Whenever someone says simple, that's what I think of.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: Okay, okay. How
3: the about- These witches yeah. are
4: leaking from both ends.
3: I I liked the other one. Milk. Mm-hmm. Milk of the front. So did and I. Milk of the back.
1: <laughs> I'll have some more rear milk, please.